This is the Bench Warmers with your host, Cody Foxley and KJ Lamb. Brought to you by 88 on the Bird, your music central. Welcome on in, guys and gals, to the Bench Warmers here on 88 on the Berg. My, I see Cody dancing over in the studio. Yes, he is probably pretty hyped. Well, let's first let's introduce ourselves. <laughs> uh, my name's Cajol, joined here by. What's going on, everyone? You already know who it is. It's your boy Cody here. I'm rocking the four three today. That's why I'm standing up, bro. I want everyone to see the best quarterback for 49ers history right here, Mr. Colin. Kaepernick better than Joe Montana. What what do you mean, man? Yeah, if you uh if you're watching the video show, obviously you can see it. But for those listening on the radio, uh we're rocking our uh, our football team jerseys. I'm wearing number 85 T Higgins for the Bengals and we got good old Cody wearing Colin Kaepernick number 7. And that is because we are doing our draft special today because up next we have the draft coming up. And how could we not talk about that? I there's, know. There's lots of fun <laughs> stuff that's going to be going on with that. A little bit later in the show, we're going to be getting Will in here. Um, Will Ortner, you know him. You love him. He does sports with us here on New Central. Um, but he's taking a little time out of his weekend to come down and uh, just talk about some draft picks. <laughs> I think that's going to be super exciting. Yes, what sir. are you most excited for about today's show, Cody? Man, I'm really excited to go through this mock draft because, I mean, honestly, the NFL draft for teams that, like, sucked, like mine, mine did last year and <laughs> yours did too, like, hey. the lottery and the draft is what we look forward to, right? Because we, mm-hmm. we didn't get the chance to watch the playoffs, for, like, root for our team. So we're coming into the draft. We're excited. We know we're ready to see who our team is going to pick. So I'm excited. You know, Will's coming in. We got the three-headed monster, best trio in history. I, I don't want to hear it, man. I'm excited. Let's get. <laughs> let's just get into it, man. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, uh, before we start with any of the draft stuff, that'll be coming up around 1230, by the way. So if you do want to hear any of that, you got to make sure that you are either sticking around or tuning in then. We'd love to have you, love to hear from you. And you can always text in and tell us how stupid our picks are <laughs> at 509 963 2311. All right, so uh, let's start with some Seattle stuff. We always start off the top of the hour um, talking about either the most relevant news or stuff that's going on in Seattle. And uh, because we're going to be talking football so much, uh, let's start with football right now and then we'll talk a little bit baseball. Um, First of all, we had Alden Smith. (laughs) And I remember last week we had JT on. We were talking about Alden Smith seems like a great pickup. (laughs) This is going to be really awesome for the Seahawks. Um, And then he brought up the fact that Alden Smith might be a problem. And legitimately, the second that this news broke, I heard him from upstairs scream, I knew it! (laughs) And I was like, oh. Oh, man. All right. I knew as soon as, okay, I know what you're going to talk about. As soon as I saw it, I was like, Ah, dang. We literally <laughs> we we literally just talked about it. I knew JT was going to be happy about that. We one. have we have some really bad luck, I think on this show where like uh every player like most of the players we mentioned, we talked about how uh I talked about how Aaron Judge is going to be MVP. Not looking too hot. You talked about um Fernando Tatis he gets injured. We talk about Acuña. Acuña yeah. gets injured. <laughs> um we talk about Alden Smith. This stuff happens. So uh, if we're talking about anyone today, um, just pray for him. Because, yeah, please. Uh, Knock, but, well, I'm knocking on wood the entire time I speak about someone. But a uh, <laughs> bad hosting job by me. We didn't even get into what he did. So uh, he he turned himself in on Tuesday night uh, because he had a warrant that was issued for his arrest over in the New Orleans area. Um, and 
Yeah, it's it's not looking that good. Apparently, he uh, choked a victim unconscious. What? Yeah. Oh, I, didn't, um, I misread that. <laughs> yeah, it's, and uh, it was in, in in a confrontation that happened like inside a coffee shop in Louisiana, or that started in a coffee shop in Louisiana. Mm. So um, he could be facing second degree battery charges, uh, and that you know wouldn't be that good. But Alden Smith uh, has always kind of had a troubled past. Um, so this was a risk that I think the Seahawks needed, or like not needed to take, but they understood. They understood what was yeah, going they on. They knew what was going to happen when they signed him. But do you think that this is like something that's detrimental to the Seahawks? Like they they were probably banking on him a little bit, and now they're not going to have him. Yeah, I mean, okay, det- detrimental. I wouldn't use that word. I would say it's a big miss for them though, because obviously they signed Alden Smith because he they wanted him to fill the place of Reed, right? Yeah. And he's he was going to have an opportunity to play because if you're looking at that D line, besides um. Uh, oh, the guy from the Bengals. I'm so sorry. I'm missing his name right now. That is on their team. What? I'm so sorry. Which one? The 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 one D lineman that they got. Oh, Gino. Oh, the one we got, Trey uh, Hendrickson. No, they, they the Seahawks got a lineman or a D lineman from the Bengals. Oh, you got Carlos trade. Dunlap. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Dunlap. That's what I'm sorry. I completely forgot his name. So yeah. Carl, they already had Carlos Dunlap, and I I don't know. I think it's gonna be a big miss for them not having Alden Smith. He was gonna get a big, big opportunity to play, and I feel like he was gonna play well for them. Like. Yeah, we uh we did talk about um, Seahawks aren't really a team that needs, you know, just a a star D lineman. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at them, they they're not really a team that's ever had a guy where you look at them and you're like, oh man, they're top of the league, they're top of the class. But what they do excel at is getting a bunch of very good D linemen yes. and uh, compiling them on the same line and making sure that they're sending confusing uh, confusing blitzes, sets, wherever. I mean, you look at Blitz Boy Jamal Adams, like <laughs> he even <laughs> had to get involved at times. So I think that this probably hurts their plans a little bit yeah. because I'm sure that Alden Smith was going to be at least that good D lineman that they were probably going to be counting on. Mm-hmm. And you have to wonder now. Is this something that maybe they weren't looking to address in the draft, but it's something that they might have to? They, they, I think they probably will because, I mean, Alden Smith was someone – I think they were probably going to use him as an edge rusher, someone to kind of just come in off the edge instead of just uh, lining him up in the tackle position. So I feel like – I don't know now. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if maybe they're just going to chill back and – go for a line an offensive line or or maybe they will address this position now because like you said they ha- they still have blitz boy you know blitz boy is their best <laughs> their best pass rusher <laughs> yeah. I, it's so funny to say that <laughs> he's a, he's a safety <laughs> but you know like i don't know that's that's an interesting question you brought up will they address it now will they address it yeah all right and we'll be uh we'll be probably talking about that with will a little bit later on but let's move on to our next piece of nfl news i know it's not really seattle related but i do think it's like it's pretty important at least in the nfl um alex smith retired at the age of 36 this was about six days ago so we're a little bit late but when you do a show every seven days (laughs) you're gonna have a couple of those stories but yeah alex smith finally uh hanging up the cleats and i will say this is a couple years after everyone thought that he would. Um, Alex Smith was a he was comeback player of the year this year, and for right reason, because not only did he bounce back from a leg injury that threatened his career, mm-hmm. it was threatening his ability to walk ever again, if yeah. not his life. It was threatening uh, his life. I was he, hearing about that. And yeah. that, that that's just crazy to me that um, a lot of what he – or a lot – of that stuff can be dropped on you all at once. 
um, and to want to play football again, to almost lose your life and stuff. And he talked about it. Mm-hmm. He was saying, you know, uh, when it came down to playing football and stuff, I was I was just sitting there thinking, what if I'll never be able to walk or, or walk on the beach or walk through the park with my wife? Mm-hmm. What if I'll never be able to play g- play with my kids? Um, and like he he didn't think football was really going to be a big thing, but he said that football was a big reason that he rehabbed in the end because someone put one in his hands and he was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And uh, a couple years later, came on to Washington. Uh, he wasn't expected to start, took a took kind of a litany of injuries for him to be able to. But when he got onto the field, people people loved him. I, I don't know anyone that was like rooting against the man. And, you know, they got to the playoffs. Yeah. The Washington football team in potentially their one year of existence, if they change the name, they they made it to the playoffs, they made it to the on, playoffs. on his back. So um, yes, I know I know you're big Niners fan. Uh, Alex <laughs> Smith drafted with the first overall pick by the Niners. Uh, what was your favorite memory of him? Oh, man. I mean, the thing about Alex Smith is that he was always a class act, right? Yeah. I mean, the Niners, we, we didn't treat him that well. Um, we drafted him, obviously, number one overall, and we played him. And he played really well for us. He brought us to the playoffs a lot. He brought us to the NFC Championship a lot. And then the one year in 2012, he got hurt. And we put in Kaepernick, and Kaepernick just played better than him. You know, I'm rocking his jersey right mm-hmm. now. And we basically, I hate to say it, we disrespected him. You know, he came back. He was healthy to play again. We saw that Kaepernick was on a hot stretch, and we're like, you know what, Smith? We're going to put you behind Cap. We're going to let him shine right now. And honestly, from at that time, I don't remember hearing much from Alex Smith, like, it, it, like exactly. I don't mm-hmm. remember hearing him say, like, oh, I can't believe the Niners did that to me. Like, oh, man, the Niners are just, you know, terrible people. Like, why? No, he's just a class act. Like, he took the bench role, and I just don't remember hearing him complain. And then yeah. when he got his opportunity in Kansas City, he played. He played for Andy Reid. You know, he played very, very well. And then all of a sudden, you know, Pat Mahomes, we know the story of him. He comes in, he moves to the bench. Again, like, I don't hear much about Alex Smith ever complaining, whether he's playing or on the bench. So I think he had a, an exceptional career. I love Alex Smith and what he did for our team. And rest easy, King. You are a great, great football player. And mm-hmm. I think NFL fans would actually get behind me on this. Uh, we need to petition to change the Comeback Player of the Year award to the Alex Smith I Yeah, award. I really do like that. And you have to think of a, a guy who I, – I think it defines his entire career, like – you have Alex Smith. I, I feel bad for the dude. You have Alex Smith, drafted first overall by the Niners, um, drafted before Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So, one, throughout his entire career, he had to hear, oh, this guy was taken before Aaron Rodgers. Why? 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 We, Al, Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Who wants Alex Smith, you know? Um, and so he's taken before Aaron Rodgers, uh, and that's the first misstep. His rookie year was not very good. It was among, like, one of the worst rookie years, and – the it took him a minute to like really get things going but when he did he started doing really well he started working under Nor- uh, under Norv Turner uh, at OC and like increasing his passing numbers and he was doing a really fine job and like you said once again once he starts to like get in that right space all of a sudden he gets benched by Kaepernick not that he was doing anything wrong he just got injured and then yeah. uh, came back but he everything he was doing well that season Kaepernick was doing better mm-hmm. so then he moves on. He's looking for teams. He gets uh he gets on to the Chiefs. He's good for the Chiefs for a while, and then all of a sudden, replaced by Patrick Mahomes, you know. And then he goes on to Washington Football Team, and then he has a devastating leg injury, and he's out, and he comes back. He's just such a good guy, uh, and has had such a crazy career, where he's always constantly having to 
it seems like fight to keep yeah. playing football. And that's what I really like about him. And it's and you know, um I heard this on a on another show. It, it's kind of stupid that um you know like there's that one argument where it's like to make the Hall of Fame if you're telling or if you're doing the Hall of Fame, it's the players that you can't tell the story of the NFL without. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I I don't like that argument because is Alex Smith a Hall of Famer? I I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't either. think so. No, I don't but think so. You cannot tell the story of the NFL, at least over the past like 10 years, yeah. without Alex Smith because of the influence he has had on so many organizations, what he has done for a lot of teams, the people that he has had come up underneath him, where you had Colin Kaepernick and then you had probably one of the best quarterbacks of all time if he keeps playing like he's playing, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And he ushered them in. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think that he's just that much of a legend and he won't make the Hall of Fame, I don't think. But man, oh, man, uh, Alex Smith, tremendous <sighs> yeah. player, unfortunately. And, you know, I was going to say one thing, like while you were talking about his career, um, his entire career, it was a comeback story. Like mm-hmm. he was always like once he got, you know, his foot in the door, once he was playing well, he gets benched, you know, in 2012. I will say for those of you who didn't watch 2012. Probably the biggest reason why he got benched for Kaepernick is because that was 2012 was the year the read option was popular. It was really big in the yeah. NFL that year, and the fact that Ka- or Kaepernick brought that to our team was probably the reason Smith got benched. And I don't know, it, like you said, he has literally the epitome of a comeback player. And I I don't think you could tell the NFL story without Alex Smith, a true class act. Yep. So wish all the best for him in retirement, as Cody said. Mm -hmm. Rest easy, King. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, So now let's move on to some baseball news. Uh, Everyone's favorite time. I know that much. But uh, we like talking baseball, so uh, shamelessly, we're going to do it. Um, (laughs) Mariners, if you haven't been keeping up, uh, we want to let you know what's been going down Uh, since our show. When we uh, when we left uh, on Sunday, we have had two Dodgers games, and then they have played the Red Sox. So, with the Dodgers games, those ones were pretty exciting. Yeah. That first one, <laughs> that first one was absolutely nuts. And I, okay, here's the thing I've noticed about the Mariners: you will either have like the time of your life watching their games, or you will just be like, "How is this team like even winning games?" So the Dodgers series, it was a two-game series, kind of epitomized that. Perfectly, mm-hmm. you had uh, just a nail biter, three to four win or uh, four to three win for the Mariners, and then the next day <laughs> they almost get no hit by uh, was it Urias? Yes, I think Urias was it the was Uri- I told you, dude. We <sighs> yeah. talked about this on news. Like <laughs> Urias is too good. He's built different. I was me- I remember going into like I saw him pitch in the World Series uh, last year, and I was like, this dude is really scary. Like, I don't want the Mariners to, like, go up against this dude when we play him. And I found out he was starting, and I was like, yep, this is going to be a struggle for us. And turns out we got, like, what, one hit, I think? Yeah, and it's total? crazy because, like, the Dodgers the Dodgers roster is just so loaded. Like, they're oh, and their bullpen's so nice. Like, yeah. the fact that we snuck a game out in that series, I, I will consider that a win. Mm. But it was crazy because uh, that was the game that Kyle Lewis returned. That was the game that uh, Mookie Betts was out because he had got hit in, hit in the forearm the yeah. game prior. Yep. Um, and I thought everything was going to be able to go our way. But, nope, it, <sighs> was, uh, it was just not destined to be. Urias put an end to that one. He's too good. But then uh, we moved on to Boston. We're playing the Red Sox right now, actually. So uh, you're able to catch that game if uh, you so desire. Mm-hmm. But we have um, – the Mariners' uh, first game, they win 7-3. to three. That game was nuts. Historic. I can't remember the exact stat line, 
but it was something along the lines of we scored seven runs, right? Uh, you would expect it to be off a good amount of hits. I think we had three hits during that game. Three hits. And uh, for those of you who don't know in baseball, runs are when you actually touch home plate. The okay. score was 8-2. to two. Sorry, I was trying to tell you. It oh, yeah, yeah. Seven to three. No, no, no. 7-3 to three was the first game. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> you're good, you're good. But, yeah, uh, the Mariners um, went 7-3 to three, uh, in that one, and off of three hits were able to score seven runs, mm-hmm. which means that they are just finding ways to score, and it's super exciting to watch them. Then they lose a close one, 5-6 to six, to the Red Sox. Uh, follow it up, winning an 8-2. to two. Uh, That was a pretty fun game. And then today, uh, they are right now, uh, if the game ended right now, it's the bottom of the six, so it won't. But you would be looking at uh, tie series because the Red Sox are in the lead, five to three. So, um, yeah, tie series, really not the best thing for the Mariners right now. <laughs> um, when it comes to the beginning of the season, it's always going to be close with the standings. Yeah. But I do want to have a little chat about the AL West. Because the AL West right now, the con- or the division that the Mariners are in, <laughs> is absolutely going hard. Going hard. I think a couple weeks ago we saw the Astros, Angels sitting up at the top, mm-hmm. Rangers somewhere in the middle, Athletics at the bottom. Um, and the Mariners were, you know, they were chilling. They were dancing up and down. But now the Athletics. Um, I This is another example of just me cursing things <laughs> because I said – that the Athletics were probably not making playoffs. They started off the season going 0-6, and, and I said, oh. You were hyped. Look at this. <laughs> look at this. Hyped. I'm like, totally right. I got right. something right. <laughs> then they go 1-1. One one. They, they win one, lose one. And then after that, since then, they have won 13 games in a row. Yeah. 13 <laughs> games 13 in games. a row. They have won more games in a row, or as many games in a row, as the Mariners have wins on the season, and they are second in the division. The Athletics are on a tear for no reason. It seems zero. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's what to look out for. The Mariners are now a game back within the division. <laughs> this would be a big win today because uh, I think the Athletics are they still down to the Orioles right now? Uh let me check real quick. They uh oh, looks like they are yes, they are down All four right. to one, so, bottom of the eighth. So they might actually lose. So shout yeah, out. So and if the Mariners win, they will be first. So they, yeah, they'll be able to tie or at least tie it back up, which will be super duper nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we go on to play Astros and Angels after. Um, after this series with the Red Sox. So yep. this is going to be one of the first times, or I think this is the first time we're going to be seeing Mike Trout and the Angels um, against Seattle. And then mm-hmm. this is going to be our second series with the Astros. So hopefully best of luck to us. But right now the Mariners have had, I, I do want to ask you, I know we ask every time, but it's just like a kind of nice little way in. And for people who might not have heard the week prior, Mariners have had one of the toughest schedules in yes. the MLB right now. Uh, they've definitely faced some big baller teams. And so far, it doesn't seem like it's really stopping. <laughs> How are you feeling for uh, for this team going forward? Do you think we're going to be a team that's going to be uh, giving up at the trade deadline, like trading away all of our veterans, or do you, what do you think is going to happen? Okay, so I will. I, I have to point out that the only take that has not gone downhill yet, knock on wood, knocking on all the wood right now, is that when I said the Mariners are making the playoffs. Okay, yeah, it's the only take that I still have on my chip right now that I'm still holding on to. So. <laughs> I think that there is a potential. Um, I don't know much about the MLB, like how often trades happen, but there is a potential we could could see Kyle Seager get moved. Because here's, do you okay. agree? Disagree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, no, you, I like you it. gave I me like a weird fail. I, I like it. That was a good. That was a smart. Uh, that was a smart. Okay, call. because the reason I say that is because he's been playing exceptionally well. 
exceptionally well. Like the last game against the Red Sox, he had three RBIs. He played very well. And he's been on a hot streak recently. Like he, he had that one, <laughs> the first meeting against the Dodgers. He did play, he didn't play that hot. But other than that, he's been on a hot streak. And I think that there's hello, hello. Yeah, can you hear me? Sorry, my mic just cut off. Yeah, for okay. Some All right, so no worries, no worries. <laughs> um, but yeah, you said he was on a hot streak. Yeah, so I was saying he was on a hot streak, and that I definitely could see that the Mariners, you know, trade him for, I don't know what what do, how do how do trades work with like when you're trading a vet. A veteran, like, do you usually try to get picks back? Yeah, so, um, so with the MLB, uh, you can't trade picks. You don't trade picks. You okay, trade okay. prospects. So, um, everyone has their farm teams. It's basically like, and the way the system works, which I think is super cool, is you have uh, you have teams that are in win now mode, right? And they have a bunch of uh, like farm prospects that they're looking out for, but um, with those players. If you're in win now mode, you trade those players away that'll be ready in like two to three years, three to four years, whatever, and you trade them for veterans that are going to help you get in the spot right now and get to the World Series. And that's what all the teams that win, that's what all the good teams end up doing. Um, so you'll have teams, and, and this is a really beneficial relationship because you, let's say you have a team like the Mariners who are just like, they're like, we suck right now. We have nothing to, we have nothing going for us. The reason we were able to get so much uh, and get ready into like rise or to rise to potential like heights is because we said, hey, we're gonna bring on a bunch of veterans. You guys, when you get them or when you get to the trade deadline, you're gonna give us your prospects, and then in three to four years, it's gonna be our time, and your window is gonna be closing because those veterans, you're either gonna trade away or you're gonna lose people to contracts. So, baseball windows are like. Kind of short, okay. okay. But that's why you see like so many big teams, super teams, like the Padres last year. Uh, they they traded away uh, Ty France and um, and Trammell for uh, Austin Nola. Nola was just a guy that we had playing catcher randomly, and he was doing pretty well. But they really needed a catcher, so they said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give you a young prospect, one guy that we don't really use. He's like our DH, and we're gonna bring him in." And Ty France has been superb He's for been us this year. Spectacular yeah. for us. And uh, I'll I'll talk about him in a sec when it comes to like Seager and stuff. But th- that trade like is why like right now we're gonna be doing a lot better. Oh, Hopefully, yeah. if Trammell starts like you know picking it up and stuff. Um, but yeah, Austin Nola was a great addition for them. Now, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to your Seager pick, uh, getting traded away, I do like it because third base Seager, yes. But Ty France is actually, uh, he's our DH right now, but he is a third baseman. Mm. And I think that they would be looking to move him over to third potentially just to be able to, you know, get uh, get a little more, um, I guess, spots open on the team because we have a bunch of guys like Noel V. Marte coming in who uh, could be good for our infield. So mm. I do like that. I do like that. I, I think, also I think it's the move for Mariners. I think yeah. they're going to try and do it maybe – they might move him to like to a contender. Like maybe, maybe they maybe they move him to the Dodgers. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that we have no idea. Um, I think it would be cool to see him go to the Dodgers, uh, play next to his brother. Yeah, I think that'd be hype. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, that's gonna be what we talk about for Mariners. We're probably gonna go into a quick break Wait, real hold on. fast. Before we go into oh, a yeah. quick break, can you I can we can we do our weekly spotlight? You know, for m- people to watch because I'm very excited. Oh my gosh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I you talk do a- you talk about yours and then I'll get mine out. Okay, okay. My weekly spotlight this week for the Mariners or not the Mariners, but for uh, the MLB is Shohei Otani. He is another Ooh. pitcher for the Los Angeles Angel, and I watched a game from this guy. This dude is spectacular. I don't know what it is. 
about me enjoying watching good pitching, but I enjoy it. I enjoy it tremendously. Like I love the way like this dude size or size steps it up, and he's out about to fake everyone out. It's beautiful. I mean, so he could start against the Mariners. So watch out for him because I predicted it with Urias, and I'm predicted with this guy. We are gonna struggle against this guy. <laughs> you wanna know something fun? Uh, you say Kikuchi, the uh, Mariners. No, Otani. No, no, no. I know, I know, I know. This is this is a fun fact. Oh, you say Kikuchi, the Mariners starting pitcher. Um, him and Otani actually, I believe they went to high school together. Oh my God! Yeah, seriously, back in Japan. Yeah. Oh, that's and awesome. And so, uh, so now they're playing in the same division uh, on probably going to be rivals in the next couple of years, that's if awesome. uh, if you know we want to keep Kikuchi and stuff. But yeah, it's always funny when they uh, when they're facing off. I love Kikuchi. Uh, pitchers who rake, I love. Uh, I absolutely enjoy watching him. But there's one pitcher that I got to bring up for my guy to watch. If you pay any attention to baseball, <laughs> you don't even have to pay attention to the Mets, just to baseball. You know what's happening with Jacob deGrom. Oh, my because God. Because Jacob deGrom, my guy to watch, I know it's kind of an easy one. He is on fire. He is absolutely on fire. I don't know how he's doing it. Most recently, I think uh, he pitched the full nine, um, and he allowed, like, two hits or something like that. It was something stupid. But he's sitting at a .31 ERA, right, uh, on 29 innings pitched, and he has allowed 13 hits and one earned run. One earned run. Oh, my hand hurts. I my know. My hand hurts. <laughs> I feel his pain from carrying the Mets right now. I know. Because Lindor cannot hit for anything right now. <laughs> Pete Alonso is doing fine, but Lindor is awful. And you look – and it's so sad because you look at his win-loss – he he's doing what he's doing, but he's still only two and one when it comes to his win loss record. And in twenty nine innings, allowing one run, dude, he's he's on a whole nother level. He he's really definitely is. on Cy Young watch. So uh, and MVP, you uh-huh. kidding me? Yeah, MVP he could too. he he could uh, put in put in his hat for uh, or put his name in the hat for MVP. And I think that he's definitely going to be a name to watch, especially when he's just off to such a hot start. Um, definitely a fun pitcher to watch, Jacob DeGrom. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have Will coming in and joining us, and we're going to be starting our mock draft. So make sure you stick around for that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on the bench warmers. So make sure that you are sticking around. We are very excited for this one, but we'll be back in a couple minutes. See you on the other side of the break. You're back with your favorite bench warmers here on 88 One The Bird. Your music central. Welcome back in to the bench warmers here on 88 Won the Berg, and we are joined here by our very special guest, Will Ortner. How you doing, Woo! Big Will? Doing fantastic, man. Thanks for uh, having me back. Uh, it's always a pleasure. We look for any chance we can to get you in here, pretty much. All right. Well, uh, as I've teased a billion times at the top of the show, if you don't know what uh, we're going to be talking about. Uh, we are going to be talking about our mock draft. We're going to give it a run, see how it goes, see what teams are going to be uh, picking what players. Because just to let you know, every single one of these picks, just a spoiler, is go- are going to be 100% correct, obviously. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, everyone every prepare for that. <laughs> if you don't want to have your draft spoiled, I'm very, very sorry. Yes, but down to the T. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to cycle through. Everybody's going to have one mm-hmm. – um, or everyone's going to have a team, and we're just going to go back and forth. Will's going to be kicking us off, picking for the Jaguars. And basically, he's going to give a rundown why he thinks that this player should go, what he likes about him. And then uh, if we disagree at all, or 
we like want to weigh in, we'll do it after. But uh, yeah, Will, you can kick us off if you want. Well, uh, I appreciate it. I feel like we already know who's going one though, because he was going one last year, and now he's going. He was going one basically ever since he won that national title. But of course, it's Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's weird. This is a draft where, like, not only do you know who the number one pick is, but you know who the number two pick is. And it's one of those things where it's like you have a team that needs a quarterback. Everyone's saying he's the next Andrew Luck, John Elway caliber player. They're saying he's as close to can't miss as can't miss is. So obviously I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. Big body, great arm. And uh, when he needs to, he can scamper a little bit. It sounds like he's really, really smart. Um, it will be interesting, though, to see just kind of how he works with Urban Meyer. That, that'll that be a little bit of a weird uh, yeah. little decision there, but obviously Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I think it's crazy because all the, all the people in the draft, uh, they always want, like, you know, draft people, they always want to hate on people when they're coming in. Um, and the thing about Trevor Lawrence that they knocked was that he doesn't get, like, external motivation. Like, all of his motivation comes from himself and wanting to be better and stuff. Um, and he has inner things, and he's not, like, really thrown off by slights and stuff. That's it. That's all they're talking about, and that's yeah. the stupidest thing. And they're just trying possibly. to find something. Yeah, yeah. But, but ultimately, like, the, ki- the kid plays super well. Uh, he will be coming off of a surgery that he got right after his pro day, but, like, honestly, with Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> you can't not draft him. Uh, I think generational talent, obviously. He, he looks fine, honestly. Um, I, I, I think that's a pretty easy number one pick. I think we all saw that coming. I think the thing with... I'm going to be worried about with Trevor Lawrence. It's just the line in Jacksonville and just his weapons around him. His weapons aren't the best, but he does have good weapons like DJ Chark and Lee and a bunch of other guys that can come in and D.D. Westbrook, all those guys that can come in and be solid receivers for him. Um, I mean, obviously, and they got James Robinson, a beautiful back, beautiful running back out of the backfield that you can throw to and just hand it off to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how he plays in Jacksonville. Um, if he comes in and he, I mean, even if he throws for two, like 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, I think that's a solid year on yeah. the Jaguars team. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I'll move on to our next pick then. Uh, we have kind of not a surprise either. Um, I don't know how I feel about them taking this guy, but I would say that they're going Zach Wilson. I would say that Zach Wilson's the right pick in this situation. Because Zach Wilson is like everything that Sam Darnold was, but with swagger. You know, he's he's got a lot of the build that you want. He's very fun to watch. He's got pretty good accuracy, as you saw in his year at BYU. Um, I think the only concern for him is uh, like people were talking about with Joe Burrow um, when he came out that they were worried that that one year was not going to be representative of an entire NFL career. And I got to say the same thing about Zach Wilson. You look at how he plays and you're like, yeah, this kid should be a number two overall pick, but he also did it against some pretty weak teams in a BYU conference. That was basically just taking games from people who were just like, yeah, uh, we don't have anyone to play. You guys want to play us. Mm -hmm. And so the competition wasn't necessarily there. And this is the one year that he like really looked like a stud. But I would say that some of his abilities are really, like, rare that you see. His improvisation is super fun, on point. The throws he makes are pretty accurate. And as we've seen, swagger does play a factor Mm -hmm. when you're going into the NFL. Mm -hmm. So I think that this would be the right pick for New York, especially after so long of suffering through kind of not really a boring quarterback, but 
Sam Darnold not panning out and then just not really giving you any sort of hope as a leader. He doesn't bring in culture. Yeah. Sam Darnold didn't bring in any culture to New York, I feel like. But mm-hmm. I like that pick. Zach Wilson is a great pick. Part of me just wishes the, ja- uh, the Jets pull the Jets and draft like Jamar Chase second overall because <laughs> I want the Niners to get Wilson. But um, I-, I definitely think the Jets are taking Wilson. No shocking there. Um, I think he's going to play well. I hope he plays well. I mean... They have their left tackle, obviously, in Becton, and they have Corey Davis now can be their standout number one. Like, he's a solid guy. He's only 24. So, I don't know. I, I think he'll play well for the Jets, and I'm excited to see how he does. Yeah, I, I like Wilson there as well. Um, it's kind of interesting. So, the, the worry about Wilson that you kind of touched on was, like, he only had one season. Like, a lot of people don't realize this, but going into this season, Zach Wilson was fighting for that job. Yeah. He was not the outright starter. And now some of that is because he went through some uh, issues. I think he had, like, a, sh- a shoulder issue, and he had some uh, hand issues that he dealt with. And so this was, like, the first time you really got to see him healthy, which is kind of why he, he blew up the way he did. At least that's what a lot of people from BYU are saying. So I, I agree with you. I think that Wilson, like whether he'll be a successful QB or not, is 100% going to depend on their new head coach, Robert Sala. Like if he is able to coach a whole team as well as he was able to be a defensive coordinator over in San Fran, I think Wilson will end up being like maybe not a superstar quarterback, but at the very least a serviceable type guy because of him being in a system that – plays well for him like look a year or two ago people were talking about Baker being a bust all of a sudden you get in a coach in there and Kevin Stefanski who is going to like kind of hide his weaknesses play more up to his strengths he played well I think that Zach Wilson is probably more of one of those guys in that you can win titles with him but I don't necessarily I wouldn't say that he's going to be the reason you win a title yeah like he's an also like he's a good solid QB Potentially. All right, and before we move on to pick three, have you guys heard of Zach Wilson's Chipotle Bowl? No, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, so Chipotle did like a thing where they got some of the quarterbacks' bowls, uh, and they have like specials. And I think you donate; they donate a dollar to charity for every time you mm. uh, order a oh, bowl. Really? But um, <laughs> his bowl, I want you guys to give it a letter grade: white rice, black beans, chicken, green chili salsa, and guac. Yuck! <laughs> what? What in the heck? <laughs> That's the most Utah thing I've ever heard of. I could make that in my kitchen right now with supplies I have around in my pantry. That that gets a that gets a F minus. Rice, beans, chicken, salsa, guac. That's gross. I think it's like yeah, it's like too wet of a bolt. No, no cheese, no lettuce, no corn, nada, no veggies. Man's (laughs) he's he's gross. Yeah, he can stay in New York. I don't want my I don't want that to be my quarterback. All right, all right. Okay, so uh, so we let Cody pick third for a reason. Who do you want to be your quarterback with the number three pick? Okay, all righty. So there's been a lot of talk for this number three pick. There's a thing where what I think they're gonna do, and there's a thing where I want them to do. So I want the Niners. Actually, this is gonna be a shock. I want them to draft Trey Lance at number three and sit him for a year. Mm. But I do see it, and I think it's going to come down to Justin Fields. That's who the Niners are taking at number three. I just think he's ready for a start, and I think Kyle Shanahan wants someone who can come in and just play, like, in our system really well. And I feel like, you know, maybe he will sit, even if we did draft Justin Fields. If we drafted Justin Fields, he might actually sit behind Jimmy for, like, four, or I say two. I give Jimmy two games before he messes up, so then he'll get pulled, (laughs) and Justin Fields will come in. So... 
yeah, Justin Fields, I'm excited. I, I actually, I, I, I push myself to come to the realization that um, Justin Fields might actually be a solid quarterback for us. I was kind of hating on it. I didn't want Fields. I wanted Wilson, but uh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm optimistic. So what do you guys think? <laughs> uh, honestly, I don't think he's a bad pick. I, I think between those three guys, between obviously Fields, uh, Mac Jones, and then Trey Lance, I think they all have their their obvious strengths, but they also have their obvious – I don't necessarily want to say weak points, but a point that would like give you some pause for concern. But I do think if, if I was any of these five quarterbacks, I want to be in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Like Other than Trevor Lawrence, I think that whoever goes to San Fran has the best chance of succeeding because you already know for a fact that their coaching staff knows what they're doing, right? You already know that they are going to put that quarterback in the pe- in the best chance to win or in the best situation to win. I I originally thought it was going to be Mac Jones for a really long time, and I don't think the pro day or uh, any of the off the field stuff is going to be the reason it's not him. I just know that with that offense that Shanahan wants to run. He likes to have guys that can do a bunch of different stuff, right? Like he has Kittle at tight end who he can line up at wide receiver. He could line up obviously at tight end. He can line up in the backfield. He can do all kinds of different things. So I kind of think that he's going to want that with a quarterback as well. And so that's why I, I kind of agree with you. I think they're going to go with fields because he has, I don't want to say like, better film but his film you know what he's going up against he's going up against d1 talent whereas trey lance it's still d1 but it's fcs it's different right so i I do agree with you but i think any one of those three they're going to have a really good chance of succeeding yeah yeah and i'm 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 a lot on will's side where uh this is just like the dream spot almost i feel like all three of the quarterbacks that are going at the top they're all wishing that they fall to (laughs) to San Francisco just because it's such a good situation. Um, And as for your pick, Justin Fields, like I legitimately don't understand the hate on the guy. I don't know what happened. I don't know what it was, but whenever I watched him and I've heard from, uh, or I've heard a bunch of scouts and stuff, whenever they've watched him too, he has so many elite qualities that you just don't see. Like he's, his ability to just make plays is phenomenal. His accuracy is pretty good. His uh, his mobility, very good. Like, he's got that ability. He's got so much talent. But for some reason, everyone seems out on him. Like, it, the fact that he would even go uh, further than two was is surprising to me. But um, I do think that number three is, like, the bare minimum that he should fall. Uh, if they pick someone like Trey Lance, I think that that's a smart move. But... Um, I also think that Justin Fields right now is probably going to be the most ready and just has so much talent. Not the highest upside, but I feel like he's got a better chance to succeed than a Trey Lance or a Mac Jones. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. That's why I think they're taking um, Justin Fields. Although, I would appreciate Trey Lance. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it because in recent reports, they're saying that they really like Trey Lance a lot as a prospect. So, mm-hmm. I would not hate drafting Trey Lance and watching, scratching my eyeballs out, seeing Jimmy G overthrow every single person, <laughs> missing throws, cannot just keep calm under the pressure. The dude, like, he thinks about who he wants to throw to 
like I, I'm not gonna talk about Jimmy G. I can go all the <laughs> way about this. Like, I, I, let's just move on to number four. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Will gets probably the first like I, I wouldn't say fun pick, but the first maybe non-quarterback pick. Uh, let's see what you go, Will. Yeah, well, so so here's the thing with Atlanta with. With them restructuring Matt Ryan's deal, I I don't see how you go QB there, yeah. right? So I have a real hard time with that. I'm not going to do it in this draft, but if we're looking at it from an objective perspective, I could see them trading out of this pick. Yes, I do too. I could I see too. a very easy move up for like the Denver Broncos, maybe uh, the Chicago Bears if they really wanted to get a little frisky, and then maybe even, and some people have talked about it, the New England Patriots. Yep. Right, like they might try to move up and go in and look at one of these QBs, see if they can get one of the uh, other two off the board. I'm not gonna do it as a trade. I don't like when mock drafts put in trades because I, you know, it's just it's weird. Yes, it, it it's one of those things. I'm gonna treat it as is, and so I think Atlanta's going Kyle Pitts. Yeah. This is the perfect guy. You can match him up with you got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley on the outside. Now you've got another target. You've got a guy who is too big and too strong if like you had to line him up out wide for like a corner or a safety to come in and try to guard him. If he's inside, he's going to outrun any linebacker that tries to cover him for the most part, like unless it's an absolute freak. This is a lot of people are saying this is the second best pro, like true prospect other than like Trevor Lawrence. Mhm. The only reason he's falling this far, which is weird because he's only at four, right, is because of all the teams that need QBs and all the good QBs that are in this draft. I think he's a stud. The thing that will be interesting to me for, like, everyone to see is will Kyle Pitts develop his blocking better? Like, that's the one knock that you have on his game right now because right now he's really comparable to, like, a Darren Waller or, like, a, a Jimmy Graham type player, like, fantastic they do all these things but he like even Waller can block better than Pitts right and if you're a Seattle fan you know Jimmy Graham couldn't block (laughs) so that will be the thing for me if Kyle Pitts can transfer in some more uh blocking skills you're looking at a Hall of Fame type player yeah um I the only concern I have is I want you to think over the past like five years how many of the many can't miss tight end prospects taken in the first round have actually been that guy. Now, Pitts is a different story. Pitts He's is a br- different breed. Pitts is a yeah. completely different breed. Um, but I think that the NFL world has a tiny problem in evaluating tight ends, especially when you mm-hmm. consider guys like Kittle. They weren't first rounders. Like most fifth of fifth rounder. I would say most of the guys in the league right now who are actually putting up numbers for their teams, they weren't first round guys. Um, and I think it's. I think it's just very hard for NFL teams to evaluate tight ends properly. But Kyle Pitts, when you watch him, he was half the reason that Kyle Trask looked decent. He's the reason <laughs> Kyle Trask is, what, going to get drafted in the third round? Maybe Third or fourth, round. yeah. Like, it's just crazy what he can do because he single-handedly carries an offense on his back. And I think that's what the – I really do like that pick because I think that's what the Falcons are going to ride or die on this year. They don't have much left, but I think they want to do what they can with Julio – um, with Matt Ryan, with whoever they can grab. Uh, maybe they grab a running back in the draft, and then after that, just a bunch of defensive players. But mm-hmm. right now, Kyle Pitts, if he works out, is just going to be a generational talent. I agree. I, I really like that pick, Will. And if I was using the Falcons, I would have drafted Kyle Pitts too because I love this guy. I think he's, a, he like Cajal said, a generational talent. My only worry is that Cajal already brought it up, but um, not many, like, 
star tight ends have come out of the first round. So I am kind of worried about that. But just watching a glimpse of this guy in college, like, he, he looks different, dude. Like, he, he looks like a wide receiver playing tight end. Like, he's spectacular. And I am very excited to see how he does. If he does go to Atlanta, wherever he goes, I will be following Kyle Pitts. I'm excited to watch him play. So, All right. Well, uh, Kyle Pitts, number four to the Falcons. Let's move on uh, to my team. Bengals picking at five. And obviously, they are going to take Trey Lance. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But... uh, But when you look at uh, what they're rumored to do, it's Jamar Chase or probably one of these fantastic offensive tackles. And uh, I think it was Kyle Brandt that put it, and I love the way he put it. He said, you can either fix the stairs or you can buy an 80-inch TV. (laughs) Now, um, obviously, Jamar Chase would be that shiny new toy, uh, 80-inch TV. But I think that in this this uh, opportunity, you have to make sure that you're fixing the stairs. And so I'm going to have them taking an offensive tackle, and I'm going to go with Penei Sewell um, from Oregon. I think that he's absolutely just he's, – he's a bit riskier of a pick, but the Bengals do kind of like that kind of riskier pick where you have that athleticism, just raw athleticism. He didn't play last year, neither did Rashawn Slater, but uh, who's the other offensive tackle prospect. But I think that you can't pass up on a guy like Sewell because – even though Slater might be more likely to pan out, I would say, um, Sewell just has the ability to be the next Anthony Munoz or Andrew Whitworth, uh, who were two like perennial tackles in, conver- in conversation for the best in the league at their times. So um, I'm going to go with Sewell uh, from Oregon. I think that you got to protect Joe Burrow, and he's going to be the best way to do it. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I think, um, I think like you said, Burrow needs a line. Like, he needs someone to protect him, right? Because we obviously saw last year he played very well, honestly, <laughs> despite that terrible offensive line. And um, it, I just think that if he can have that anchor to protect his blind side, like someone like Suo out of Oregon, very good player, um, I, I, I see it. I see it. I think it's a very good pick, so. All right, Will, our offensive line guy. Cajal, I knew you were smart. I knew you were so smart, Cajal. This this is the right choice. I I disagree with you on the riskier side. I I think Penne or Rashawn Slater, you got 1A, 1B, really. But when you look at Rashawn Slater, now he's a great offensive tackle. I think he's going to be really good. I think you look at Penne Sewell and him, you've got two guys who have the potential to be Hall of Famers, right? My thing with Slater is Slater had a really, really good game against Chase Young, Mm -hmm. and that's what most people are basing it off of. Like, he shut down Chase Young, so he must be great. Well, here's the thing about Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell won the award for O-Lineman of the Year in the NCAA. He beat Slater. He beat everybody else that you've come in and talked about, right, in the last two years. Last year's draft – and this year's draft, he was better than Jedrick Willis. He was better than Tristan Wirfs. He was better than Mekhi Becton, right? All these great offensive linemen, this guy beat them all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he beat them all at, like, what, 19? Yeah, something Almost like that. Almost 20? <laughs> like, he is so young. He's so talented. He, he moves like a dancing bear, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, he is so fluid. He can get low in his stance. He's never getting lifted up on, and that's just because of how fluid and how flexible he is, how fluid his hips are. He is a great player to me, and I'm a little biased because I watch more Oregon, obviously, than I do Northwestern, but I think by far and away he is the best offensive tackle, and he's the correct choice here. 
You win the game in the trenches, and last year their trenches got destroyed. <laughs> that's a that's yeah no that's a really kind way to put it honestly. Like mm-hmm. from what was happening, like it's big reason Joe Burrow got injured, and I don't think that there's any chance they. Everyone can talk about how uh, Jamar Chase is going to get picked. And honestly, if the Bengals floated anything out there about that, I think it's probably just because they're scared someone's going to trade up to the number four spot and draft one of the guys that they want. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they're really honestly looking at wide receiver. You can address that later on. But um, someone who I think is going to address wide receiver, uh, Cody, you're going to be picking <laughs> for the Dolphins. All right. Thank you. Number six, the Miami Dolphins. Well, I can say. Chris Greer and uh, Brian Flores are extremely happy that the Bengals passed on Jamar Chase because <laughs> at number six, there I think is. the Dolphins are taking Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU. I mean, come on. Like, he's a very, very, very talented wide receiver that I feel like they need. I mean, in Miami, uh, their top guy last year was uh, uh, was uh, Devontae Parker. Sorry, his name slipped my head. And, um, yeah, I think that – the Dolphins could use another star wide receiver on that team to help Tua, you know, a, a guy who played okay his rookie year. Um, but, you know, yeah, the Dolphins, they, they need some weapons on that offense for sure. So, um, Yeah, I mean, there's not, there's not really much to be said about Jamar Chase. Like, in the years that he played for LSU, spectacular. Uh, he looks like he's going to be a just absolute stud on whatever team he's on, and I think he's the one guy that there's not really debate on, believe it or not. Uh, Devonta Smith, uh, he's, you know, he came out of uh, winning the Heisman, and now he's not even really considered the best wide receiver coming from Bama, you know? Mm-hmm. And you have you have Jalen Waddle, also awesome, uh, and I do think the Dolphins need a wide receiver, so Jamar Chase just seems like absolutely the right pick. Will, do you want to weigh in? Yeah, man. Uh, I think it's weird because uh, you kind of have, like, how I said you have 1A, 1B with the tackles. Like, if you take Slater at 5 or Penny Sewell, I think you succeed both ways. Now, I lean Sewell, right? It's the same thing with the wide receivers. If you want to pick Waddle, I understand that there. I understand why you want to pick Devontae Smith there. I understand why you want to pick Jamar Chase. You have 1A, 1B, 1C, and then it just kind of depends on what traits you prefer for each one, right? And so I, I think Jamar Chase is the right pick there. I mean, going into the year, he was going to be the the number one wide receiver that everyone was looking at. He absolutely balled out the year before. When he had to come in for testing, he tested off the charts. He did everything that he was supposed to. I, I like the pick. I really do. I I don't think you can go wrong with any of those first three wide receivers. It's just like which one has the traits that you slightly prefer more. I'm I'm all for Jamar Chase there. Yeah, all right. Uh, now, Will, number seven, Lions. Yeah, uh, so this one's a weird one for me. I'm not going to lie because there, there's a couple ways I, I could go with it. Uh, there's a couple ways I kind of want to go with it. Like, obviously, I always lean towards the trenches. Yeah. They need a tackle, so I could see them going out and taking Slater. I could see them trading out of this pick and uh, having another one of those teams that we had mentioned before come in mm-hmm. and try and get one of those two QBs left if they didn't think that they might fall to them. But I think here is where we see the second wide receiver get taken off the board, right? They right. lost their star wide receiver, uh, Galladay, in uh, free agency. They need another wide receiver. And this might be – this is going to come off a little weird, I think, but I'm going Jalen Waddle here. Okay. I think Waddle. When you look at it, if he doesn't get hurt this year in a weird way, I don't think Devontae Smith 
gets the Heisman because you mm-hmm. have to share all that time with with Waddle. Now, I'm not going to attack um, Devontae Smith like everyone else is for his size. You can ball, you can ball. It doesn't matter how big, how heavy, how strong, any of that. To me, it really doesn't matter. He proved all the doubters wrong. I don't think you need to uh, have an issue with that. What I do think, and the reason I think you go Waddle, is because in the championship game, on half a leg, he had multiple catches, he had close to 50 to 60 yards, and he was limping everywhere he went. He had no speed, and he was still beating some of, if not the best, secondary in the country yeah. right against Ohio State. And then the, the big thing that it proves to me, too, is I want a guy who's willing to do that. I want a guy who's willing to put their selfish like desires aside and ball out for the team. He like if he gets hurt there, that could cost him millions of dollars. Oh yeah. If he seriously breaks his leg worse, you know, his career might be done. And he still said, I want to be out there for my teammates. And that's the kind of culture that Alabama instills into guys. And then you see them be successful after the fact. So that's why for me I go Jalen Waddle there. Yeah, uh Waddle was balling out before all the injuries and stuff. He I thought was gonna be one of the guys you hear about his speed. And he legitimately is up there with Henry Ruggs, who was one of the fastest guys out last year. Um, and it sounds like he's just a better Ruggs. I'm sure the Raiders would have loved to get their hands on Waddle instead. But, you know, it's about the – for teams, I think it's about the injury risk. Uh, Devontae yep. Smith is is probably not going to have that injury risk for you. But Waddle, I think – in terms of athleticism, that's the guy that I would be going for, and I think that uh, the Lions would be very happy with that pick. I actually really, really, really love that pick because I have the Lions taking a wide receiver as well, but I do have them taking Devontae Smith. Now, the mm-hmm. reason I think Devontae Smith over Waddle just because of the injury and also the recency bias. Like, he did just win the Heisman, and I feel like if Detroit is looking at that, looking at the recency, like, who's played recent, like, this dude just came off a great year. Like, why would we not take Devontae Smith, who has proved that he plays at a very high level? And I know we haven't seen Waddle play in a while, but I don't know. I just feel like Devontae Smith right here, just because of the recency, like, he's played. But, hey, I like you said, Will, 1B, 1C. I would not be mad if they took Waddle here, so... Yeah, and now moving on to our next team. All right. The Panthers, I don't know how they got this lucky. <laughs> uh, wait one sec. Before I get into the Panthers pick, let's play a quick legal uh, so that people know what station they're listening to. KCWU Ellensburg, 88.1 The Berg, your music central. Find us on the iHeartRadio app. Now the FCC can't touch us, so we vibe it. All right. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to the Panthers pick, I think that they would be stoked if Rashawn Slater fell into their lap like he is now. I think trades mm-hmm. might be the thing that muck that up, honestly. Um, but it might not because there's probably going to be some sort of run on quarterbacks or wide receivers. So uh, I will have to go Rashawn Slater here because, honestly, you just brought in Sam Darnold. You got some nice weapons for him. And your defense, you built it pretty well. Jeremy Chin looks like he could be one of the best safeties in the league, and he helped sure up your secondary, which performed pretty well. And their defensive line has a bunch of young, growing players that they're slowly bringing in. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can grab guys in the second, third for defense, but really you're not going to get another tackle like Slater. So I'm going Slater for him. Protect their new quarterback who got hit a whole lot in New York and make sure that he's getting, you know, that potential development that you need. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I, I definitely think they got to take Slater here. I, I think they would be, like you said, stoked if he fell this low. And, um, I mean, I, see, I still think he could. He could fall down to eight, and the Panthers could get him. But great pick. They got to protect Darnold. They have, uh, they have weapons there. You know, they have weapons to, you know, like, you know, have a good offense. And they got a solid defense. So I think they got to go offensive lineman here, protect Darnold. He's been getting hit way too much. So I love that pick. Uh, I agree. I think Slater is fantastic. He's proven that he can go up against top NFL talent and that he will win against them. He took a year off and he spent the whole year training uh, down in Frisco, Texas with Duke Mannyweather, who is probably, it's either him or LeCharles Bentley as the premier, like, you go to train with these guys if you want to become a great O-lineman, and he just rants and raves about him. Jeff Schwartz talks about Slater all the time. He's an absolute freak. There's like a video of him front squatting like 500 pounds, Jeez. multiple reps. He He's an insane human being. He's a, he's a great pick there. Yeah, and I think he's definitely like that gritty guy that you're going to want when you're having to go up against the Saints. Um, I, I mean, the Falcons aren't really bringing anything to the table. But now you have the Saints and the Bucks that you got to look out for. And mm-hmm. those are two brutal lines. Those yep. are two brutal lines to have to go against. And I want the meanest, toughest guy if yep. I'm going to have to be putting anyone up against them. Like, you see the Bucks, their their recipe to success, drafting uh, Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. That was in, or was it Wirfs? Yeah. They, the Bucks drafted Wirfs and similar body size, similar athletic ability. You know, you know, it, 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 sometimes, uh, sometimes these things work out, and sometimes people are, you know, high draft picks for a reason. And I think that uh, it's definitely going to be some sort of a steal if they can get him this low. All right, um, mm-hmm. but it, I think it is actually totally possible. Mm-hmm. But yep. um, I think the Broncos might be in a good spot right now, looking at all the picks that they got. Cody, who are you going for the Broncos? All righty. Well, the Broncos have been rumored to take another guy under the helm and just disregard Drew Locke. So I think they're actually going to do it. At number nine, I got the Broncos taking Trey Lance. All right, I love it. Out of NDSU, um, I think it's, I think it's gonna happen. I think it, I think it will. Um, will he start right away for the Broncos? I don't know. I don't know if they're willing to give up on Drew Locke right away and just just throw Lance in there and see what he does. Who knows? They could sit him, let Locke play. But honestly, I think the Broncos are in a good position if they did draft a Trey Lance and say they roll him on, they have him on the bench. Locke plays even if he plays, like, decently well, right? And they're like, all right, we're done with Locke. We're going to bring in Lance. Lance comes into a position where he has Judy. He has Cortland Sutton. He has solid defense. You know, he's got a good a good system around him. I feel like that he can just bounce off and play well. So I see it happening. I see the Denver Broncos taking Trey Lance. I, uh, I like that. Honestly, uh, it sounds like right now a lot of people in Denver are not high on Drew Locke. And I, I don't see why they would be. He has moments where he does – pretty decent but then he also messes up a ton and he's been in the league now for two years i i could see them moving on from him if they could go up and get a trey lance there i i don't disagree with that pick in all honesty um i could see them going for a like a micah parsons because you know fangio is still their head coach he is defense oriented micah parsons is the best uh, linebacker in the draft, and really he's probably the best defensive player in the draft, and he he's he's going to fall because so many people want quarterbacks this year, but I do think that he would be the other possible choice there, or maybe if you know one of the tackles fell that far, they might snatch one of those guys up as well. 
Yeah, and I think the I think the nice thing why I love the Trey Lance pick so much is because I think wherever Trey Lance goes, he should sit for a while. You should let him take a minute, uh, learn a bit more because he's not. I don't think he's necessarily ready. He's just one of those guys like Josh Allen. You look at where mm-hmm. they have that ability to make big plays, but later on in their career. So uh, I do really like this pick. I think that they're probably going to still try to roll with Drew Locke, see if Drew Locke does anything. If Drew Locke's okay and he's, like, serviceable and stuff, obviously you just trade him away. Yeah. Trade him away to a team that needs him, like yep. like a Teddy Bridgewater, like, duct tape quarterback. Because <laughs> team, some team will take that. Yeah, All I, right. I agree. So we are now at nine, or we just picked nine. We have not seen a defensive player go off the board yet. Um, and – we now have Will picking. Yeah, it, they they come off here. Oh, is this uh-huh. a, so? We're not gonna, we're not going to get a defenseless top ten. No, they're they're. It's weird because it is the Cowboys, <laughs> <laughs> and so like. You're like I. I they're like I Jer- Jerry. This. might be like, oh, I can go get a Heisman winner, and he'll go get Devonta <laughs> I, Smith here. It's like, this. dude, could you imagine <laughs> Ceedee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup? Uh, I can just see him. He dr- he drafts his team like it's fantasy football. Like he I has know. no idea. Like, hey, maybe you should get some interior <laughs> linemen well, on both the offense and the defense. That's might why be a uh, good idea. That's I why agree. it's Jerry World because he literally uh, just walks around and buys his toys. Like that's that's all this draft draft is for him Dude, he's just he. going through kit toys rs rest <laughs> in peace and like picking all the lego sets off the <laughs> off the shelf it's crazy yeah he's always he's always hanging out with some hots too <laughs> <laughs> he just got some ladies with him get his cyber bunker last oh, year whatever that was, that was. <laughs> he's on the boat it's like oh my goodness oh, he's yeah. got like some dr evil <laughs> little pick room that he does I, I do think this is where we see our first defensive player come off. And it's weird because I don't even think it's the best defensive player. Okay. But if you look at the Cowboys, where did they struggle last year? In their secondary. secondary. <laughs> they need a corner, and the best corner is Patrick Certain, the second coming out of Alabama. You team him up with Trayvon Diggs, who was his teammate back over in Alabama, and he it, he's your best corner in the draft right here, and you need a corner. So this is a spot where I think you go – you kind of get lucky because you get the best, maybe not the best player, but the best player for their position, and you get what you need. That's why I'm going with Patrick Certain. He's the best cover corner coming out of there, and in a weird way, he's physical. He's not afraid to kind of mix it up with some guys. That doesn't happen a lot with corners, so when you get a corner who's willing to do that, you got to go and snap, snatch him up. Great pick right here, if I do say so myself. <laughs> Uh, I'll be inclined to agree with you. I do really like Patrick Sertan. I think cornerback prospects, as we saw of like Jeff Okuda last year, they are kind of shaky. Uh, they are a little bit sketchy, but that's why you know corner is such a coveted position right now because it's mm-hmm. not easy to hit them. But if you do hit, if you do get that lockdown guy, that is a franchise-changing player. Like yeah. you can get a guard who like helps your franchise a lot, but they're not going to completely like buy you a bunch of wins. Sometimes you look at teams like uh, like the Rams, where they got Jalen Ramsey right now, mm-hmm. uh, who just shuts down everyone that he goes against, and he certainly buys them wins. And I think Sertan has that ability, where he's going to be able to work with Diggs, and you're just going to have another like no fly zone. And it would be really terrifying if you see the Cowboys pick him and he works out because Diggs looked pretty great last year. I yep. thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I agree. I really love that pick for the Cowboys. 
The only thing is, I just don't see the Cowboys drafting defense for some reason. Like, <laughs> I see I see them drafting Devontae Smith. Or if Kyle – I can see them trading up for Kyle Pitts. I was telling Cajo about this earlier. Like, why, like, why can I see this on Thursday night? The fourth pick comes around. I see the Cowboys come in, and Jerry Jones is out there just smiling or whatever. And he's just <laughs> draft. He's just like, oh, Kyle Pitts. I want him. I want him on my team. He's so good. So they draft. Like that's I. I could just see it. But yeah, I really love that pick. I think they need a they need a corner. Like their defense is so garbage. Like yeah, I, it was I, rough I last know, year. Man. I don't know. I really like that pick. I hope they make that pick. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, it's crazy because they had the personnel, just didn't know what was going on with them. Injuries plagued them. Uh, obviously, the D coordinator just not doing his best job. It wasn't the best first impression of Mike McCarthy, but mm-hmm. we'll see if they turn it around. All right, and now we move on to the Giants. <sighs> I Man, oh, man, how much I hate Daniel Jones. <laughs> I I cannot stand him. He's like I feel bad for Giants fans because he's one of those guys that you feel like isn't that good, but they're gonna sit and waste so much time on him. So I would like I would like to go Mac Jones here, but I don't think that they're gonna. I think that they're gonna be like, oh well, we just gotta get uh, Daniel Jones some more help. And what better way to do that than Devonte Smith? I think that mm-hmm. Devonte Smith is going to be uh, the guy that they feel like they need. In order to help him out, and I would have, I would have really liked, um, like Jalen Waddle here, because Daniel Jones apparently the one thing that he can do well is throw a deep ball, and Jalen Waddle helps you do that. But Devontae Smith isn't a bad consolation prize, and I think it's kind of, kind of criminal that Heisman winner fell to eleven. But I think that the Giants could definitely use him. I, they have a lot of areas where they have needs, but I think that wide receiver probably right now is going to be on the front of their mind, considering how much they're wasting the young talent that they have. Mm. You know, I re- actually, that's an interesting pick because I don't hate it, but I had the Giants taking someone else. I honestly, I thought I was thinking the Giants would take Parsons at um, number 11 just because I feel like they just, you know, best defensive player in this draft that, you know, he's still there. Might as well. And plus, I also j- see the the pick I'm doing afterwards. Uh, the Eagles right now are very upset by that pick yeah. because uh, I guarantee you, if Devontae Smith fell that far, they would have won him at uh, at 12. But I love that pick, honestly. I yeah. think it's a good pick. So I'm not gonna lie. I think they also see that the Eagles want a wide receiver if this ends up happening, and they just take the the player that's gonna help them the most. Yeah. But also screw the their Eagles. division opponent. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. All right. What about you? Uh, you know what? I like it. I do. Um, I, I kind of thought, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I kind of could have saw them going with an edge guy there, mm-hmm. like a Quiddy Pay. Honestly, yeah. I thought maybe that. Uh, well, it's Gettleman and and Quiddy Pay got down uh, to two sixty for his pro day. So, and I know Gettleman was there and he liked how the uh, Michigan edge rusher was doing. I think that might be where they go, especially since they already just signed Kenny Galladay, and we know that. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, those are pretty good wide mm-hmm. receivers. You got Evan Ingram, who is one of the better tight ends. So I could see them going a for an edge rusher here. You don't really have an all-star edge rusher right now, yeah. you know, over there. So I, that's kind of where I see them going. But, again, I'm not going to knock anybody for taking the Heisman winner. Like, yeah. this, that dude's an absolute stud. He knows how to play the game. He seems to always be open. So I get it. And and that was part of the philosophy for me was it's not about um, necessarily 
like their biggest need. I think it's the difference of how you draft, which is why mm-hmm. I think this exercise is fun because it's uh it's either best player available or it's going to be position of need. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, they could be someone who or a team that wants to move down a little bit, so because they know they can get an edge rusher later on. But I think if you do pick right here, you got to go best player available. So that's why I would go with Smith. But that's fair. sounds like the Eagles, <laughs> they're pretty mad. They're uh, very upset. All right. right now. Why is that? The Eagles are very upset because I, I, I think the Eagles would have taken Smith. If uh, if he fell here, they, they, they definitely would have taken him. But now that you took Smith, I think the Eagles are weird, bro. The Eagles are weird. I never know what they're going to do, right? Because when they took Hurts last year, I was like, what? Like, they, they took Hurts? Mm-hmm. But, you know, and then now I, I'm hearing that they don't even want Hurts. Like, they were trying to get Watson, even oh, though Hurts, no. like, you know, like, they didn't know. Like, th- yeah. I, I don't know what the Eagles want. I don't know what the Eagles want to do. But I feel like he's the best defensive player in this draft. He's still on the board at pick 12. I feel like you just got to take him. And I think the Eagles would either trade down in this instance or take Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. All um, right. <laughs> solid, like I said, solid guy. He could be uh, come in for the Eagles, can be a captain for the Eagles. Like He's going to be a guy that's going to be there for a while. He's going to give the Eagles some like uh, some culture, some culture, some something for the fans to look forward to because obviously they love Hurts, but who knows if they're even going to roll with Hurts because the Eagles are so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, what are they? I, I don't know. The Eagles, they're the Eagles. So <laughs> what do you guys think of that pick? <laughs> well, you want to you wanna start? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think at that one, you go best available, yeah. right? Like, your needs, all those guys got taken away, and you can get you can get those guys later in the draft. Like, there's no reason to move up there and take, you know, your fourth best available receiver or go out and try to take another quarterback or, you know, whatever. Like, at this point, you go and you take the best available guy. Micah Parsons in a normal year? He's probably a top ten pick, yeah. So I like the pick, honestly. It uh, he would go well with that defense, which honestly that was the only good thing that you had last year, right? So I like the pick. That's one of those where you just go best available. Let's sure up something and just keep balling out, right? Yeah, yeah I definitely I love that pick because I think that the Eagles. It's hard to look at them each year and say. This is what's bad about them. Like, mm-hmm. every single year, it's something different. <laughs> and every year, there's someone else to point fingers at. And so you don't really know on the Eagles, like, what's so atrocious. Like, their D-line, hypothetically, should be really good. But, like, it's not winning them games. Their secondary used to be, like, the worst in the league. But, like, now it's okay. They're wide receivers. You know they need wide receivers. But, obviously, as j- we just saw, like... They might not be available for him. Mm-hmm. They might not be available, and they traded down because they either thought that a wide receiver was going to fall to him, or they are looking for a guy like Micah Parsons. And I, I do think that uh, that's a really good pick. I think the linebacker would be a solid position for them to shore up, and it can really help you in a lot of spots on a defense that you know you don't know what to expect out of them. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I agree for sure. <laughs> All right, so then we will move right along to the Chargers. Yeah. So uh, with the Chargers. It, it's interesting because I think they're hoping that the draft goes a little different than what we've been saying because if it does, then they could sneak up and get one of those two offensive tackles who've already gone off the board. You need to go out and make sure that you have tackles that can protect your new superstar because that is exactly what Justin Herbert is. I was completely wrong about him. <laughs> that dude has been going out playing fantastic. 
He looks great, except for his stupid haircut. Like, he, he's been awesome. He was the rookie of the year this year, right? And so you need to make sure that you go out and find a way to protect him. You just lost your right tackle, Trent Brown. So that's why I think you go out and you get Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. 6'6", 317. He's got long arms, big hands. Redshirt senior. The dude plays fantastic. Him and I have the same glasses. So he's got to be smart, right? <laughs> I think that's the pick you go with there. I was looking at um, the other tackle for a little bit, Christian Darasaw, but I I think you got to go with a guy who was playing right tackle in college. That's why I go Jenkins there. I am genuinely shocked that you went Tevin Jenkins. Uh, so I I, th- I think it's a fine pick. Um, obviously, and you're you're a big old lineman. And you know what to look for in a lineman. But I legitimately thought, like, if you're going pure tackle, Derisaw is the way that I would go. But then there's also, I think, Elijah Vera Tucker. Yes. Mm. He, is, yes. he is a guy that you flex al- around the line if you don't really know where you want him. And he's going to do great. Like, he's played well in college in every single one of those spots. Dominated at the tackle position last year. And I think that he's a special type of athlete. But... Um, on, honestly, uh, Tevin Jenkins, uh, uh, the fact that they're picking a tackle is good enough for me. Um, and when you get down to these levels, uh, I think that it's going to be a little bit shakier, um, when, and who you're picking, because you know, there are going to be some doubts about everyone. We're kind of out of the sure things territory. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take Tevin Jenkins on that one. I actually kind of agree with Kejo. I was actually shocked by this pick. But then again, I don't really know the offensive lineman prospects. Obviously, Will, you know him better than me. So maybe he is better than Elijah Vera Tucker because that's who I had the Chargers taking. But I definitely do think they need to tackle or some kind of lineman to protect Herbert. Herbert is a superstar. I am so happy. I have to keep saying it every time it comes up because I am the only one of my friends that predicted he would be good. Everyone looked at me and thought I was crazy when I said it. So, yes, they need some line to protect Herbert, for sure. I love that pick. Well, Will, if we, uh, if we both ever become, like, GMs <laughs> somehow, uh, I really want to make sure that you're picking in front of me in every single draft because so <laughs> far you have, like, made it so that my next pick is always so easy. And I'm going <laughs> Elijah, or I'm going on to the Vikings and saying Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, I just brought him up. He plays interior. He plays ex, or he plays on the tackles. Like he can do anything you want. And when you look at this Vikings team, I don't think they know where they want their linemen to come from. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that versatility and that just raw athleticism is going to be so good for them, especially when they lose a guy like Riley Reef, and uh, yeah. like they. They've been struggling online uh, on and off for years. So I think Elijah Vera Tucker, great guy. You can slide him in wherever you want. And he's going to be a difference maker. I do really believe. And I think he's kind of the end of that tier, like that first tier of offensive linemen. So if they can snag him at this spot, I think they're happy. I agree. I agree. I think he's a great, I think he's a good prospect. Um, I think the Vikings definitely need someone on that line, you know, because they did just lose Riley Reef. So I think this is a very good pick. Solid, solid pick. Yeah, Elijah Vera Tucker, he, he's an absolute stud. Uh, I always like offensive linemen that can play all around. Like that's something – maybe that's because it's something that I've had to do, and so I, I give more respect for that because like what people don't realize is like there is a big difference between playing tackle and guard and center, but no one really looks at it that way. They're like, ah, oh, it's all the same thing. 
So if you have a guy who can play multiple positions, that's an easy way for him to find himself onto the field. But it also shows that he's smart and that he understands the offense and what the offense is going to do. So I do like that pick there. I think that if he is their guy, I think they probably trade back. Because I think mm-hmm. you can I think you can get him around the twenties. Honestly, I think that uh, people are going to go with uh, Darasa. I keep having to go through here and figure it out. And then I also think if they're going interior, you might see like a Creed Humphrey go up there. So I like the pick. I I think they probably trade back to get him, though. All right. Yeah. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up on him. We can only talk about O-linemen for so long (laughs) because, like I said, they're they're not really the shiny picks, but they're the ones that everyone – you know, needs to make because they're so critical to the team. So exactly. we'll move on to a team who's, I would say, probably going to have a nice, shiny pick, uh, whether what, regardless of what you think of them. But go ahead. The New England Patriots pick next at pick 15. And um, I'm just going to throw it out there. With the 15th pick, they select Mac Jones, yeah. quarterback yep. out of Alabama. I just think I don't see why they wouldn't if he was just chilling there at 15 and they don't move up at all. I actually see them moving up to select the quarterback. But, you know, yeah. if they just chill there and Mac Jones falls to them, I don't see how they could pass up on him, dude. Like, in Belichick's system, you know he's going to love Mac Jones. You know, you, know, he, you know, he might even start over Cam if Cam doesn't play that hot. So I, I just think that's a no-brainer there. I feel like Belichick would just be so happy if Mac Jones fell to him at 15. So. Yep, I, I think that's the right pick there. I think that Cam Newton is a stopgap quarterback for them. Uh, he, he's one of those guys, he's serviceable, you can win some games with him. Hopefully if he has, you know, like if he, they want him to play more like he did in the first half of the year than as opposed to how he played in the second half of the year after he'd gotten sick and kind of got beat up. And so I think right there you go and you draft his replacement and the guy that you're going to try to build your, your team around. That's why earlier I said you might even see them try to trade up into the top 10 to go and get one of the guys earlier. They're going to be elated if – one of those five guys can fall to them because then they can go and pick him up. Mac Jones kind of fits that system more of where he's not afraid to kind of check the ball down or at the very least just make the smart play. He seemed to do that a lot in Alabama, although it's easy when you have Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle as your receivers to uh, find the open guy because they always seem to be. So I like that pick. That's a That's a smart decision. Yeah, I think legitimately we see – five quarterbacks go uh, in the top 12, if not the top 10. So I don't think he falls this far, but I do think that it would be something that the Patriots are excited about. Even even if you saw the Bill Belichick, like, you know, shaking his head after uh, Mac Jones did the overthrow during his pro day and stuff. But I think that he's just kind of the quarterback that'll help them, like, get through it, you know. Uh, when it's funny how everyone's like, you look at Mac Jones and he's, he looks like he's kind of out of shape and all this stuff. But then you looked at like Tom Brady when he was drafted, you know, the one of him, uh, standing in his boxers and stuff. And he just looks like this lanky, like tall boy. It's, it's like kind of the same thing. It's kind of the same thing. Not saying he's going to be Tom Brady or anything, but like he's, he's definitely the one who has looked down the most in this class. And Mm -hmm. I think if anyone can make anything out of him, it's going to be either Kyle Shanahan or it's going to be Bill Belichick, and one of those guys I think is going to be grabbing him. Yep, I agree. I agree. All right, let's move on to our next pick then. Uh, looking at the Arizona Cardinals, they if this happens, they're going to be ecstatic. Like, just straight up, you need a corner, and the best corner already got taken, in my opinion. Well, the second best corner, 
He's still on the board, and that's Jace Horn. I mean, that dude went out and had an absolute fantastic pro day. He ran a 4-4-40, and then he had an absolutely insane 41-and-a-half-inch vertical leap. You need corners in uh, Arizona. You just lost Pat Peterson. Like He had been your guy. He'd shut down a whole side of the field when he was playing over there. Now you got to go and replace him. I think you do it with Horn, and Horn also is not afraid to mix it up, and he'll get a little physical in there. Yeah, and you got you got J.C. Horn, who is uh, Joe Horn's son. Like he's mm-hmm. he's a big deal, and I think that when you have guys who are coming from parents who played in the NFL and had like pretty good careers, you you kind of gotta understand that they have those genetics. And I think that J- when you look at what J.C. Horn can do, he's got that ability. He's got that talent, and um, I I definitely think that I I enjoy this pick. Because when you look at the Cardinals, the Cardinals are always looking for better players on defense. I think they're still trying to figure out what they're doing with uh, Simmons, who they drafted last year. Um, They're just messing around with that. But the Cardinals have always been get speed on defense and make sure that you're just confusing uh, opposing quarterbacks and you're getting to players when they do get the ball. And they've done a very good job at that. Um, And just adding J.C. Horn to that would not be – a bad move whatsoever, and I think it would be right in line with what they're hoping to do. I, I agree. I think that is a wonderful pick for the Cardinals, and I, they definitely do need a solid corner. But speaking of J.C. Horn, I actually think he might go above um, Sertan, so I don't yeah. I don't think he'll yeah. fall to the Cardinals here. But if, they, if he does, oh, holy, yeah, yeah, take him right away. Um, mm-hmm. I actually could see him going above Sertan, and I think the Cardinals could get Sertan. But either way, I think one of those two corners, if they got them at pick 15 or pick 16, I'm sorry, I said 15, uh, they're they're lucky. That's a great pick, and they de- they definitely need a guy to lock down those solid corners in the NFC or solid wide receivers in the NFC West. All right, and then that will move us on to the next team. Now the Raiders, the Raiders, I know are not going to make any sort of like probably traditional pick here, smart pick, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I think after what happened to their offensive line this offseason, that should be the first matter that they need to address. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of holes still. Uh, they haven't really been able to hit on a pass rusher. Their secondary is still kind of suspect. But the thing that they need to work on right now is making sure that they uphold their offensive line. And honestly, how could you not see Christian Derrissaw's name in a Raiders uniform right now? I think that that just – that image – would look super right you have christian derisaw who is probably i think the next up from that tier one uh or that first tier of Mm -hmm. offensive tackles Mm -hmm. uh and there are a lot of really good ones this year but he's got like he's got like the prototypical build that you want he's got the size he's got the length he's got the mobility and i think that that's that's all the raiders really want they kind of draft those guys who excel in um in athletic ability, just like the the capability to be better than everyone else, just based on their measurables. And Darisaw, I think, fits that bill. So I'd go with him for the Raiders. Uh, what do you guys think about that one? Yeah, that's a that's a great pick. I actually have to make a correction. I messed up. Uh, Brian Bulaga is why I would take Tevin Jenkins with the Chargers. He's old and he's been injury riddled. Okay. Trent Brown left the Raiders. There's my correction there. Right. And that is why I agree with you. I think Derisaw is a great pick there. I think basically what they're going to do is they are going to see who the best offensive tackle is left, right? If it's Jenkins, they're going to grab him. If it's Derisaw, they're going to go out 
and they're going to grab him. And if it's AVT, they're going to go grab AVT. They're just waiting to see who is left there. They're going to go with the best offensive lineman that they possibly can get there. Derisaw happens to be left last with us. Great pick. Big, solid kid. Strong. Knows how to use his hands. That's That would be a smart pick by them. Oh, yeah. I, I 100% agree. I just feel like the Raiders at this point, they, they're going to wait, like Will said, for the best offensive lineman available and just take them. At least I hope so. At least I hope the Raiders don't do something stupid and just draft, like, I don't know, like they reach on some guy or something, you know, like some wide receiver. Trade up to the fourth pick, draft yeah. Jalen Waddle. Something, <laughs> something like that, I dude. could see it. <laughs> but, no, I, I think this is a very good pick. Derisaw, you guys have already said it all, so. All right, so then we'll move on to the team who's going to be making their second pick in the first round. Ooh. Got the Dolphins. The Dolphins? Oh, man, I really am Chris Greer out here. You know? <laughs> All right, you know what? So Dolphins, obviously, they took Jamar Chase with pick number six. And uh, it's going to be a different pick. I think they're going to move over to the defensive side this time, and they're going to draft defensive lineman Jalen Phillips Ooh, out mm. of Miami. Not quitty pay. I no, like it. No, no, mm. I think they go Jalen. Now, here's why. Okay, here's why. So – he played exceptionally well at Miami. Uh, obviously, Dolphins, Miami. Uh, for some reason, yeah. I just think that right there, because he, he, he started out his career at UCLA, right, I think, and then he transferred to Miami. And just the Miami Dolphins, they see that. He played so well for the Hurricanes. I just, I just see it happening. Jalen Phillips, come over. Brian Flores would love to have you. <laughs> what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I really like that pick, to be honest with you. Um, I think you either go Quiddy Pay or Jalen Phillips. The only reason I think you don't go Jalen Phillips is because of his old injury issues. But if the dude can stay healthy, the guy can flat out ball. He's long. He's quick. He's everything that you need in an edge rusher, and that's where Miami really needs to shore up some other stuff. Obviously, they've already gotten their wide receivers, so they don't need to get another one. That's a great pick there. Keep improving that defense, and I think you might see Miami in the playoffs as soon as next year. Yeah, um, I I think that because they are looking for the playoff spot, I think that this is absolutely the right pick. Because when it comes to Quiddy Pay, like he's he's got a lot of potential. The biggest thing is that he could be one of the guys that you draft a little bit lower. But man, oh man, does he have the potential to be a Hall of Famer? Um, but I think right now, picking uh, with J- uh, sorry with um, Jalen Phillips. He's the safer guy to produce right now, and I think that's what the Dolphins are looking to do. They are really just like a game or two off this season from being able to make the playoffs, and they want to make sure that they're winning now. I don't think they necessarily want to spend time on a prospect who might be good in a few years uh, when you know some of their some of their team they they're probably not going to have for much longer after he like really develops. All right, and that moves us right along to the Washington football team, who surprisingly is picking this high. But, uh, Will. Yeah, so so here with the Washington football team, their top need is offensive tackle. Well, guess what? They're they're all gone. <laughs> like really, your your top five or six guys, they're all they're all out of there, right? So it, it's up to them now. I think you go to the next position that you need to fill. That's linebacker, and you go with Xavion Collins, right? Yeah. He's your next best guy. He can play outside linebacker if they want to use him in uh, more of a, a smaller scheme, right, and they want to use him on the edge, or if they need him to go out and cover a running back, maybe even a tight end if it have to be, uh, he can do that. But he is also big enough to where if you need him at a mic or a 
or a Will back or a Sam. Like he can play that as well. He he's just beginning to scratch the surface of what he can do. I think you go with Xavion Collins here and uh, just take care of that need right away. Yeah, honestly, I think when it uh, when it comes down to their pick, I think they're probably going to be the team that gets Mac Jones. I legitimately don't. I there. I had a thing. I was wrong last year. I said Henry Ruggs was going to be going to the Broncos, but the Raiders sniped him the pick before because they didn't want to take Jerry Judy. Um, but I th- I really do feel like Mac Jones needs to be in a Washington football team uniform. It just feels like the right spot for him. Uh, Washington is probably the team that has, I think, is feeling the most like they can win now. They just don't have a quarterback to do it. And um, I do like the, but I do like the tackle pick because I think eventually they are going to try to find some sort of quarterback. And when they do, it's going to be a guy that they're going to want to protect. So, you know, good. I think that's a good, good pick. I, mm. I, I think so too. Um, honestly, I, I, I also kind of agree with Casual. I think the, if anything, the Washington football team would probably draft, like, try to trade up for like Lance or Mac Jones, like try to get one of those quarterbacks that don't go one, two, or three. But yeah, I think they definitely could draft. Um, sorry, did you? You said tackle. Did yeah, you, no, I no, no. Said, I, I, sorry, I yeah, misspoke how linebacker. I said because he said a linebacker. But um, I was saying that when he talked about uh, drafting a tackle, that was something they'd also want to do. Yeah. But yeah, the linebacker pick, like, it helps them win now, and like okay. the defense is something that they're going to want to bolster. Yeah, so. I got confused there, but um, yeah, I, was, I misspoke. My bad. It was, <laughs> in my, it was in my head, and I lost. We it. all make mistakes, all guys. Make mistakes. It happens. It's all good. Um, I was actually surprised you didn't. I, I I'm gonna butcher his name, dude. Uh, Jeremiah Uwusu Karomea or whatever. Yeah, that dude. That linebacker. Because I, I was surprised that, Will, you didn't, you didn't pick that guy for the linebacker, you know. But um, I think I think so. I think the linebacker is a position of need for them. Um, so I think it's a great pick. All right. Now looking at another team that I think is liable to move up for quarterback, but for what they're picking right now, uh, pick 20. Um, they They have a lot of needs still. But I think that the one that they are probably going to go for is going to be a wide receiver. Now, mm-hmm. I only think a wide receiver because Allen Robinson, the guy that you do have, is on his franchise tag, and I don't really think he wants to stick around. There were words that there or there were things that he was grumbling about not wanting to play for the team really. Um, and and then he went on to actually sign his tag only when they were talking about bringing in Galladay and stuff. So I think that they're going to be looking for someone to maybe come in, take the mantle, um, and figure out what they want to do from there. But I think that that guy, it could either be between Rashad Bateman and Elijah Moore. I'm just so high on Elijah Moore. I really do like him a lot. Uh, I think that he's got that great elite ability. Um, He's a little raw when it comes to his route running and stuff, but I think that when he gets the ball, he's just got that dynamic playmaking ability and he's always going to be that guy who makes big plays. And if you watch the bears last year, when they went on their little winning streak, it was because they were getting big plays. You're not going to be anticipating Andy Dalton right now to be, uh, you know, making dynamic Patrick Mahomes throws, but you want a guy like much like you've seen from the Niners system over the years, where when you get the ball in the kid's hands, he's going to be making, or he's going to be doing work. And I think that that's exactly what Elijah Moore brings. Um, So I'm going to be going Elijah Moore to the Bears with the 20th overall. That's an interesting pick um, because when you look at it uh, with who you have left, it's weird because the the wide receivers that are kind of left, they're they're smaller. They're not even, you know, they're they're like Tyreek Hill, Henry Ruggs size guys. I mean, you're looking at Elijah Moore right now. He's five, nine and a half, 
178. Like he is a smaller guy. But the thing about it is when you have a guy like that, you better be fast. And that's exactly what Elijah Moore is. And he's an absolute athletic freak. Uh, I don't think that that's a bad pick there. I think that they move up. Obviously, we're not doing trades in ours, and I'm glad that we're not. But I, I think they try to move up, and they try to go make a play at uh, either one of those quarterbacks or one of uh, the offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And uh, But if they don't, and if they're not able to make something work, Elijah Moore is more than a serviceable pick. Yeah, I 100% agree. I actually, in my one that I wrote down, I had the Bears taking a Devon, Te- Tevin Jenkins, but he already went, obviously, so... I, I think it's an interesting pick as well. I think they definitely trade up to get a lineman in real life, but we're not doing trades. But Elijah Moore is a solid receiver, and if we've looked at the past receivers out of Ole Miss, like, they've been pretty solid in DK and A.J. Brown. But he's obviously a different archetype than those two. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, I don't hate that pick. I don't hate that pick at all. All right, so we're running with uh, 22 minutes left on the clock for all of our picks. Uh, yes, we'll see We'll see if we can do it. We'll just be watching the time, make sure we can get through them. But for now, let's move on to the Colts. All right, I'll just make this very quickly, <coughs> or quick, very quick then. Um, I actually think now that the Colts will draft Pay, D-lineman, hmm. at number tw- at right. pick 21. Um, I... I feel like, I mean, obviously they have um, Buckner, who's running that line pretty well. But I think having another solid guy to come in and just secure that edge rusher for the Colts, I feel like the the defensive line, I want to say, is their weakest point on defense because uh, their secondary is solid. Their linebacker linebacking corp is pretty good. And I just, I don't know, I can see them adding another edge rusher to help DeForest Buckner. So, All right, yeah. what about, yeah, well, go uh, ahead. Sorry, um, Quiddy Pay, that, that's just, he's a good draft pick right there. Uh, on my draft board, I have him earlier. Th- like they have him in the top ten to fifteen picks, right? So that that's a good that's a good edge rusher there. It uh, helps make an already strong defensive line that much stronger. And he's going to be learning uh, from some solid players on that side. So I, I don't have any issue with this pick. Yeah, I think uh, I think I pretty much same thing. Uh, they I think the two biggest needs that they have are making sure that you make your strengths even stronger and their strength last year was their defense Mm -hmm. but then you also need a wide receiver uh but you know this draft is so loaded that honestly any one of these wide receivers could hit from the second or third round and you're going to be happy with who you get and i think that they probably waited out a little bit and grab a wide receiver in the second but could he pay right now i think that that would be a really good pick especially because he did fall that far for him all right, and so then we'll move on to their rivals. We got the Titans up next. Yeah, I think with the Titans here, you kind of have a toss-up because you need a corner and you need a right wide receiver, right? Yeah. And so, obviously, everyone's first look at corner is Farley, right? Caleb Farley out of uh, Virginia Tech. Now, the thing that's going to scare you is he did have a back procedure this offseason. And then when you're looking at wide receiver, you're going at Rashad Bateman, right? So you have two absolute studs in their position with one who has had um, a little bit of uh, some back issues and a back procedure, which is going to scare most people. But I don't think it scares me, and I don't think that it uh, goes out and scares their head coach, Rabel, over there. He loves having a strong defense. That's what he wants. That's why he went out and uh, signed a lot of the defensive players that he did in the last couple of years. He made sure that he bolstered up his team, making sure that he had like, guys like Jadavian Clowney and Malcolm Butler. Now, Jadavian Clowney didn't work, but it was a smart move at the time, and most people agreed with it. 
I think he's going to go with defense. He always wants to have a strong defense. He wants to have a good running game. He's an old school guy. You're going to go. I think he's going to go Farley here if he trusts that his back procedure isn't going to affect the way he plays too much. And that's why I think Farley's the choice. Yeah, and they just lost to Dory Jackson. They had to cut him mm-hmm. uh, due to due to all of the cap casualties and stuff. So. I think that getting getting some corner in there to fill in the spot is definitely going to be uh, one of their top needs uh, that they're going to be looking to address in the draft. And I think that doing it in the first round is going to be huge because Lord knows their pass rush has not been getting to anybody. Mm-hmm. And if your pass r- and pass rushes, I think that uh, your pass rush is going to take a few years to fix. Um, so you might as well get some guys who can you know limit the damage, cover uh, cover some of their best players, and just make sure. That you're not um, you're not giving up big plays, big points. Because right now, I think that's what the ba- Titans' biggest weakness is. And you can't play tough, run the ball down your throat football if people are going to be passing on you the entire game. So great yep. pick for Caleb Farley. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, not much to say. Caleb Farley, he's a solid corner, and obviously. Honestly, if they didn't go Caleb Farley, I could see them getting another edge rusher. Cajo already kind of touched up on that, but Caleb Farley's a good pick here. They they lost to Dory Jackson. They want that guy to come in and just play well for them on, in the secondary. So great pick, great pick. All right, and then we'll move on to the Jets. This one I, I debated a long time because, you know, their new coach coming in, you got Robert Sala, defensive-minded head coach. I was thinking they might want to go defense on this pick. Um, but Caleb Farley just went off the board. I really did like Quiddy Pay for them. So you know what? I'm going to say screw it. The biggest problem that they had with Sam Darnold uh, was that he wasn't getting any help. He wasn't getting any help. Um, But I don't necessarily think they need it at the wide receiver position right now. Mm -hmm. I think most importantly, they need to take a running back. But I'm going to go with Travis Etienne on this one. Oh, I'm going to go Travis Etienne because I think that – the skill set that Travis Etienne brings is going to be so good for them. He's that smaller, like quicker back. You know, you have a you have Najee Harris, who's kind of like a gonna plow through and do everything himself. Like he's a really, really good prospect. But Travis Etienne, I think, is just that fun guy you can dump it off to Zach Wilson when he's scrambling out of the pocket. When they take Zach Wilson, uh, he's gonna be able to have that guy who's gonna be there for him uh, to make the plays after the plays you know are kind of potentially dead and he's just improvising so i think that that would be a really fun pick for him it helps a huge area of need for them especially after levy on bell experiment didn't work out and they were starting who knows who at the mm-hmm. running back position so frank gore yeah frank gore at that point <laughs> yeah so you uh you won 80 on me you won 80 on me real hard i i was right up there with you all the way until the very end i even marked down i have Najee Harris taken off the board. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, um I look, Travis Etienne, dude, he's a stud. Absolute freak. And he kind of fits more of the newer mold of like your Christian McCaffrey's, your Alvin Kamara's, where you're gonna catch the ball out of the backfield just as many times probably as you're gonna run the ball. Like he's gonna be that type of player who he's gonna have twenty to twenty five touches in a game, but he's probably only gonna run the ball. 10 to 15 times and he'll have you know five or six little catches or you know you'll run little like sweeps for little like a uh, little speed option read option type deals for him so he's he's going to be a guy that's going to touch the ball a lot but he's going to touch the ball a lot in a bunch of different ways um so i i don't necessarily like 
I still think you go Najee Harris there. I think he's the best back, and that's what you need. You just had uh, Quiddy Pay and Farley go off the board, so then your next need is running back. I think that the bruising style that Najee Harris plays and the fact that he's an absolute freak show is why I would go with him over there, but I'm not going to hate on the ETN pick. It's just different preferences. Yeah, and I think they do do two different two really good things um both of them i just like i'm gonna be honest uh in my mind i think Najee harris unfortunately is gonna be a stealer but <laughs> that's half <laughs> um, the reason i did it I but have... also i just i think travis Etienne, <laughs> just like you said is that kind of guy that you're gonna pass to and you know they don't really know how their weapons are gonna work out this next year so uh, mm-hmm. i actually that pick caught me by surprise like as soon as you said it i laid i leaned back and started nodding my head like thinking about it like etn in the backfield of the jets because honestly in my draft i had Najee harris i mm-hmm. the jets taking him i'm not gonna lie i had Najee harris mm-hmm. but uh ET- interesting interesting it's an interesting bit because either way both of them are great running backs right mm-hmm. he's a stud and like will said He's kind of those Alvin Kamara's, the Christian McCaffrey's, like the Dalvin Cook type of running backs. Like they, they catch, they run, they do all that. They do screens. And, um, yeah, I think, I think that's a good pick. I like that pick. That's pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. All right, so who's going to be the draft bust that's going to Pittsburgh? The draft bust that's <laughs> going to Pittsburgh. I like that. I like that. You know, um, here's the thing, right? The Steelers, I could really care less who they pick. <laughs> really. I'm, I'm going to be honest. They could draft anyone. So, you know what? I'm going to make them. I'm going to throw this out there. They are going to reach, right? They see Ooh. all these offensive linemen gone. They're going to reach on this offensive lineman. Well, I don't know if it's a reach because I don't know much about him. They're going to take Landon Dickerson out of Alabama. What? At pick number 24. They're okay. going to draft an offensive lineman. Now, here's why I think so. One, I think they do need a uh, offensive lineman. I really do. I think so. Um Another, another younger one because a lot of them are getting up there in age. A lot of their good ones. So, I don't know. I, I really – I think they could do it. They could reach here. Or they could trade down. Or they could take Najee Harris. Honestly, I don't know what they're going to do. They, honestly, Mac Jones could end up on the Steelers too. Like there's another guy we were talking about that could end up on the Steelers. But I think they, I think they take an offensive lineman here. I think they take a guy that probably wouldn't go in the first round. I don't know much about him, like I said. So, I don't know if he would. Based off the other guys that we've talked about, I don't think he would. He probably would have gone second or third, but uh, I think I think so. I think with this pick, they're they're taking Landon Dickerson. Yeah, uh, he's got a lot of ability. Uh, it's just the big problem is they're worried about if he's going to be able to stay healthy and stuff. But I do think that the Steelers need to address O line. I think that they're they have a bunch of needs on offense they got to take care of. But Big Ben is not young anymore. He can't Mm-mm. take the hits that he used to. Your running back, whoever it may be. They struggled a bit last year, and this year, during the offseason, they lost some big pieces. They couldn't afford to bring a lot of guys back. They lost them to retirement and stuff. So you're going to be... You're going to be struggling if you're the Steelers and you don't get an offensive lineman. I think that this would be a good pick for them. Uh, maybe maybe a reach for them, but you know, I think that at least their headspace is right if they're going with some sort of interior guy. I'm not going to lie. I-, I think you reached here. <laughs> I do. But... I don't hate the pick. You have an offensive lineman who, when he plays and when he's been healthy, he's just flat out mean. He is aggressive. He throws guys in the dirt. He's a mauler. I think Creed Humphrey goes here. I think Creed Humphrey is the center that they would take over Landon Dickerson. 
I like where your headspace is. I just think that you could get him in about 20 picks. And so if that was who they wanted to go get, they'd wait a little bit for him. Okay. Okay. Well, then again, Will, you obviously know better, uh, know offensive linemen better than me. So <laughs> I, I wasn't aware of Creed Humphrey <laughs> when I said this. If I knew about him, I probably would have. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just see them reaching because I feel like honestly, in real, in the real draft, ETN and even Najee could fall to the second round. So yep. they could grab mm-hmm. ETN in the second round. They're running back that they need. I think they should get an offensive lineman with 24 if none of those top guys, you know, fall to them. All right, well, let's. Uh, we got 10 minutes left to do the rest of these picks, so let's get right on to it. We'll probably breeze through them a little bit faster. Let's start with the Jaguars. Yeah, so when you're looking at the Jaguars, you got your quarterback right now. Um, when you're looking at offensive tackles, which is probably their next pick, you could either go with Alex Leatherwood out of uh, Alabama, not a bad pick right there, or you could kind of go and do a more splashier type pick, and you could go out and uh, get a receiver in like a Rashad Bateman, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of match up with Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going number one overall, so I'm sure they already kind of have a plan for who they want to go out and get. And so for me, you have Cam Robinson there at tackle. I go with Rashad Bateman. You have a guy that you believe is going to be your offensive tackle who can protect your quarterback. Unless there's something there that like we don't know about and it's behind the scenes, you've already had a ton of offensive linemen go and get picked before. I would trust Cam Robinson. Go get Rashad Bateman. Use him as uh, the next big stud wide receiver for your quarterback. You go ahead, Cody. You can talk about it first. Oh, okay. Um, that's a really good pick. I'm actually kind of upset because the team I was picking with next was probably looking at drafting him. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's a good pick. Like I said earlier with Lawrence, like his weapons are okay. You know, his weapons are okay. He has Chark. He's got Didi. You know, he got solid guys. But I think Bateman is a solid pick, a solid wide receiver to come in and kind of just pair up with uh, Lawrence and just see how he does. You know, like it doesn't hurt to bring in some more weapons or anything for Lawrence at this point if you believe he is your quarterback for the future. So I love that pick. Great. Yeah, pick. I mean, you look at uh, Justin Jefferson and how he was the best wide receiver out of the draft last year. And, you know, you had the big three. You had, like, Judy, Ruggs, uh, and CD. They were all pretty good. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. What? I, I think Ayuk is better than Ruggs. Okay. Okay, and, Ayuk, and Higgins is no, better no, than no, 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 no. I'm just saying those three, like, yeah, they yeah, were I know, I know what you're saying. And I think oh, Rashad Bateman kind of has that potential to be that, you know. Um, he's like that 6'1 guy, super fun. Uh, and I think that he's kind of underrated in terms of uh, what drought or uh, what scouts are looking at. And I think that him with Lawrence would be a really, really good pairing. You, you're starting to see it a little bit more where uh, when teams draft quarterbacks, they'll draft a rookie wide receiver to grow alongside them. Mm -hmm. And I think that that would be a smart move for them to be able to do because you would have your young, like, connection right there at all times. So good pick. Very good pick. All right, and now we move on to the Browns. (laughs) Browns are kind of hard because there isn't really much that you would think that they would need. But uh, especially because, you know, they just came out and they popped off all season um, with probably, I think, one of the most talented rosters in the league. But, you know, it wouldn't hurt to go edge. And I think that at this point you got to go to Georgia's Aziz Ojulari. Um, I think that he brings a lot of 
talent. And uh, Ojulari, uh, if you've ever seen like Brown's defensive lineman, it just sounds like a good name um, for what like what they bring in. But ultimately, Aziz Ojulari, I think he brings a lot to the table. He's gonna help you a lot with uh, lining people up alongside Miles Garrett. They just lost a couple guys that have been on the line, like Larry Ogunjobi, uh, just left the team. Not that he was like the most consistent player for them. But, you know, it's just another piece that uh, was taking away from Miles Garrett and letting Miles Garrett, like, get to the quarterback. So I think Aziz would be good for that, at least to distract, you know, uh, other linemen and stuff and help free up uh, a lot of their edge rushers. But he himself could pop off. I would be excited to see it. Yeah. No, I really like that pick because I definitely think they're going defense. I actually had him taking Christian Barrymore. Mm. Uh, defensive lineman out of Alabama but um yeah no great pick great pick I I definitely see them going defense I mean like you said they have a star-studded roster on that team they got us they got a ton of talent so defense definitely for sure love that pick yeah uh I, li- I like the edge um you have you got to have someone to back up Jadavian Clowney that dude can't stay healthy uh when he stays healthy obviously he's in there and he does a great job but the last two years he's played like what 12 games total in the last two, something like that, 12 to 15. Mm -hmm. You got to have someone to back him up. I think that's a good pick, and you can let him learn under Miles Garrett and Clowney to uh, reach his true potential. All right, so let's probably just go through the pick. The person who does it says something quick, and then we'll move on to the next pick after. Sounds good. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so Ravens are interesting. I Actually, I don't know who they're going to pick. I'm kind of – it's a toss-up here, but I'm just going to do it. I think they go – Wide receiver here. They're going to take Terrace Marshall Jr. Dang it. Okay, yeah. That's a good one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Terrace Marshall Jr. All right. Uh, wide receiver out of LSU. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to Will. Yep. Uh, you're looking at the Saints right now. You need a corner. Go get Greg Newsom the second. Uh, fantastic little corner out of Northwestern. He knows how to play hard. He's been under that Pat Fitzgerald system. He uh, he can shut down a side. You've just lost a bunch of your defensive starters. Go go get that guy. Yeah, and uh, moving on to the Packers, I think one of the biggest problems that everyone's been stressed that they won't address is probably going to be the interior of their defensive line or some of their linebackers and stuff. So uh, you're looking at two awesome guys with Christian Barmore and uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Korea. Um, or Owusu-Korea, sorry. Uh, and I'm going to have to go Christian Barmore, honestly, out of Alabama. I think that this would be a really clutch draft pick for them, especially when they've had the ball run down their throat so many games <laughs> uh, over the past two years. That, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Uh, so for the Bills next, I think that they're going to go defense here. Uh, obviously, their offense was solid. I also could see them getting a receiver to match up with Diggs. Um, but I think they go defense here, and I think they take Jason Oway, D-lineman out of Penn State. I could have said his name wrong, and I apologize if I do. I think he's a solid interior D-line, and I think they need some pass rushing. Like the, I, was, I watched a lot of Bills games last year, and just their pass rushing it just isn't there. Like I don't know what happened to their pass rushing. Like Back in the years, like they were a lot better, but I think they definitely need someone to just sack the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I like that there. Uh, you're looking at the Baltimore Ravens. They just traded away uh, one of their stud tackles in Orlando Brown. So you need a tackle. Go get Alex Leatherwood. He mm-hmm. comes out of the Alabama system. He's big. He's mean. He's nasty. I think he's the perfect pick there, and he's going to uh, protect and keep Lamar Jackson upright. And now – Finishing up with the Bucks, I think that we're going to see them continue their tra- or continue the tradition of the Super Bowl winner 
drafting a running back. <laughs> um, and I think it's going to be Najee Harris, which would be so oh disgusting, God. dude. <laughs> it's oh going to be so disgusting. <laughs> but we'll go with Najee Harris, the 32nd pick. Uh, I think that they have a lot of weapons. They have a lot of talent, but running back was never something that was consistent for them last year. Agreed. You had a bunch of really good guys, but you didn't have that star, that great guy. And Najee Harris, I think he fills that hole. I agree. Yep. All right. Great so pick. Uh, finalize the draft. All right. So uh, we'll go back over it real fast. We got Trevor Lawrence, Jags, Zach Wilson, Jets, Justin Fields, uh, Niners, Kyle Pitts, Falcons, Suell to the Bengals, Jamar Chase to the Dolphins, Jalen Waddle to the Lions, Rashawn Slater to the Panthers, Trey Lance to the Broncos, Patrick Sertan to the Cowboys. Any surprises there for you guys? No, I don't. I don't think any surprises so far. Uh, I do think there's going to be a, a ton of trades within the top ten. Though, I agree. But, but obviously, yeah. we did not do that. But if it just no trades ended like this, no, not surprised at all. Yeah, I won't read through the whole draft because that would be uh, not very <laughs> good content. But uh, what team do you think is most liable to? So obviously, the Falcons I think are probably a big yeah. team to move down. Uh, what team do you think is going to be most liable to gun for that four spot, and who do you think they might take? Whew, I could see a lot of teams going for that fourth spot. I, I can see the Washington football team trading up to that fourth spot. I can see the Steelers. I can see the Bears. I can see the Pack or not Packers, um, Patriots. There's a lot of teams that could come up and get that, uh, that quarterback that could go off. So, honestly, if I have to put my money on it, I'm going to put money on the Pats or the Washington football team to move up to the fourth spot. So uh, I'm going to go a little opposite of you just because I think it's sneaky. I think they realize they're not going to get Russell Wilson anymore. I think the Chicago Bears might be the outsider looking in, and they don't want to be in that spot. They don't trust Andy Dalton to be the guy. They want someone better than the, what is it, the Red Rocket, Red Rifle, whatever mm -hmm. he is. They're going to go up and uh, try and get a trade so that they can go and get uh, Trey Lance or Justin Fields or Mac Jones. Yeah, awesome. Well, that's that was our mock draft show. Obviously very excited for draft week. Uh, it's going to be super-duper fun. Thanks again, Will, for coming on with us. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, Will. And uh, we, we'll be back next week. Uh, actually, let's see if we can – we'll see if we can get the mock draft uploaded somewhere. I'm sure we can get it somewhere I'm sure on, I'll, I'll on the website We'll probably or post it media. on Twitter or something. So if you're not following us on Twitter, you can – you know, if you want to see the mock draft, you can check it out at 881theberg or our sports Twitter at – I don't even know. I think it's uh, – Sports Central, I think. Sports Central, Central something like that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, we can post it for sure. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us here on the Bench Warmers on 88 Won the Berg. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you all again next week. And for Cody, Cajal, and Will, peace out. Peace out, guys. Thank you.